I think coming off of the strange COVID experience that we've all gone through in the last year has opened many organizations' eyes about the role that GBS plays and what they can do in defining the company's future. Welcome to the GBS Masterminds podcast, the one and only platform for global business service leaders to share their experiences of building world-class shared service organizations. My name is Sashi Narathari, founder and CEO of HiRadius, and I'll be your host. Today, I'm honored to host Diana Adler, Vice President of Global Business Services at Kellogg's Company. Before entering the role of GBS leadership, Diana has been an integral part of Kellogg's Company as the Chief Financial Officer of a large business unit over a decade. Diana, thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome. Thank you, Sashi, for inviting me to be part of this. It's truly a, an exciting and very trendy forum. You bet. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your career journey. All right. I've actually grown up with the Kellogg's organization, and in particular within the finance organization of Kellogg. So I started as a cost analyst, I hate to admit, almost 25 years ago, and uh, now I'm the lead of global business services for the company. Kellogg's World Headquarters is based in Battle Creek, Michigan, and I was actually born and have lived the majority of my life in Michigan. So uh, we like to say that Kellogg's is a small, big company. As many Midwestern-based companies are, we are very relationship-based. So that aspect of Kellogg has worked well for me as I've built my career. I also have three children that I've raised in those 25 years. So having balance was a priority for me, and Kellogg's did a great job of providing that. As you mentioned, prior to coming into the GBS role in Kellogg's, which was about two years ago, I served as a CFO of some of our larger uh, North America-based business units. And through time and experience, I built a pretty thorough understanding of how Kellogg's operated, but also where our opportunities lied from, from process and technology perspective. Additionally, I'd become pretty good as a CFO of, of driving excess cost out of an organization. So uh, when I was asked to come into GBS, that was a pivotal point for me, and for GBS and for my career. We'd been in the model about five years. We were divesting a business and needed to address stranded cost. And additionally, we need to figure out you know, where we wanted GBS to go in the future and how to bring that a little bit closer to the business objectives and the company's broader strategy. And so that combination of things made me a good fit for the job. From my perspective, I was excited to broaden my experience beyond finance uh, as we are a multifunctional GBS organization and also globally. And to lead you know, a, quite frankly, pretty large organization of about 1,000 people within Kellogg's and learn how to engage and inspire that organization. Uh, that, for me, is a personal passion. I am uh, very much a people finance person, which you know does make me a little bit of a unicorn among some of my finance peers. So <laughs> it's a little bit about me. You bet. You bet. And very unique background. So I'm looking forward to your insights because you've been a business unit CFO before and now a GBS leader. So I think that's a fairly unique. So I'm going to then jump right, right into the $6 million question, <laughs> starting with the first one. The first one is, I think, uh, highly debated captive center model versus outsourcing, which is like doing it by yourself in your own shared services sector. So I'm really curious your thoughts on that. It's an interesting question. It is a $6 million question. So honestly, for Kellogg, I believe a hybrid model is best. But what I've found in my you know two years uh, navigating the GBS industry is that there is no right or wrong model. You really have to choose what's best for your company and your culture. But uh, you should ensure that whichever model you choose, that you do continually evolve and don't sit still. 
I fundamentally believe that change is at the core of what a GBS organization needs to be. So diving a little bit more into why hybrid is right for Kellogg's, uh, we found that uh, when we outsourced work that had gone through holistically a transformation process, that has actually worked fairly well, but not so well when the process was simply a lift and shift of an inefficient process. At Kellogg's, in again, this relationship-based culture that we had, we found that a third party was not very successful at building the connections needed within the business to drive policy changes or structure changes from their side that needed to occur for that transformation to really happen. Thus, we, we actually did, in the last couple of years, pull some processes back from an outsourcer, not because we don't see them as a part of our model going forward, but because it's the only way that we could actually transform those, those processes. Going forward, you know, I see us using outsourcing in three ways. One is, you know, still to operate a low-cost, well-defined, well-functioning process, with low-cost being a key component. Secondly, to help us on our automation journey by using the scale of the outsourcer to do that. And third, to provide expertise in an area where Kellogg's does not have it, nor do we want to build it. So, for example, running a call center or, you know, we use an outsourcer for indirect procurement market intelligence, right? So those are the areas that I think uh, we would still lean towards. And those that require higher integration with our business are where we would or where we're looking to just take on new scope and transform it. We would probably still keep those primarily in captive centers. Interesting. So I guess that dovetails us right into the million-dollar question number two, <laughs> which is: uh, Should you harmonize and standardize your processes first, or lift and shift and do a rapid transformation? So let's, if you could talk through that a bit in your experiences, your your viewpoint as well as some maybe an example experience. I guess I did jump ahead of your question there a little bit, but but I think it's twofold. So I touched on it relative to outsourcing, and, and clearly my answer was don't lift and shift as you outsource. Um, I would definitely advocate for transforming or standardizing and then shifting it. But in general, I would say that's probably the best approach when moving any work into your GBS organization. At Kellogg's, our hire to retire and our procurement journey into the GBS model has been more successful than, say, like our finance journey, because as a whole, the function transformed at the same time that we went into the model. So HR went through a holistic transformation and the GBS model was an outcome of that. Our experience with finance wasn't the same. You know, it was primarily cost and labor arbitrage driven. And then the goal was to transform once we got into that model. And, you know, quite frankly, that transformation just didn't really occur on a broad scale. Once that cost benefit, benefit was realized, we kind of walked away from it. Now, that being said, you know, now that we, you're in a model or if you have a more GBS, mature GBS model where you have, you know, CI resources, continuous improvement as a way of working, I think lift and shift for scope increases can work as long as, you know, transformation of that process is inherently part of the work plan right from the start and why you're bringing it into GBS. I think in the future, our partners expect more than just cost benefit. So, you know, doing the process better should, quite frankly, be part of the given on why you're coming into the model at this point in time. So kind of like a three-tier answer to that question there. <laughs> hope that's okay. You bet. The next million-dollar question, Deanna, is more around technology. Robotic process automation versus foundational platforms. I, I've seen like a lot of GBS leaders have different viewpoints. Some have done a lot of bots. Some have done very less. We'd love to hear your viewpoint on RPA. And, uh, and overall technology itself for, from a GBS transformation perspective. 
I'll start maybe with with RPA and then jump into a little bit more of AI. So, you know, I quite frankly, and the more I talk to some of my peers, I keep on saying that I really feel like we're behind in this space. And and when I kind of explain why, they jump back and say, oh, no, you're you're not behind. And then that makes me feel a little bit better. (laughs) But, you know, my recommendation on RPA is to make sure that you first have an end-to-end understanding of the process and that you've done quite a bit of standardization already uh, before you start just putting RPA bots into it. In other words, don't do RPA just to say you're doing it <laughs> and without a clear understanding of it, where it can really provide the benefit and be willing to act on executing against those benefits. So at Kellogg's, we launched an RPA program probably about three years ago, and we backed off of it pretty quickly. We got sold on the quantity of RPA versus the quality of it. Um, is probably the way that I explain it best. So we're eager to get back into it, but are looking at first using process mining tools to fix the process and identify the best spots for automation. We also want to look to use our outsourcing partners where possible for their expertise and scale in that area. So uh, it's been an interesting journey for us. I think we're, we're ready to jump back in, but also probably jump into it a little bit more on a test and learn and smaller scale than a you know, going after 40 bots at one point in time. AI for me is is more complex to execute against. I don't see us on our own getting there uh, until we figure out RPA. And But this is a place where I do look to our partners or as we broaden our technology or SaaS solutions like HiRadius, that AI should be an integral part of the solutions that we're looking at in that space. So that's kind of how I'm thinking about going after the AI uh, technology aspect. Interesting. I like your perspective on how not just think about the number of bots. Sometimes you feel like you should just build a lot of bots and create a perception of automation. Because what you're saying is bots, if you think about multiple mini processes and not the overall end-to-end process, then you're stitching a bunch of things together versus a holistic approach. So thanks for those insights. Governance over that is key also. And the more bots you have with the less governance is going to cause you a problem over time also. You bet. That's a valid point. All right. The next one, actually, I just did a session on this one with a bunch of GBS leaders. This is heavily debated, which is what is the role of GBS? Like more in an honest way, like mainly cost cutting and cost reduction or driving business outcomes, being a revenue driver. And I think this is like a soul searching transition that's happening to all the GBS leaders and the GBS out there in terms of now that you have accomplished reasonable amount of like, let's say, labor cost arbitrage, like what next? So your thoughts? Again, remember, there is the CFO part of me. So my my first answer is going to be that uh, GBS should always have a cost reduction focus as a general principle. It's at the core of why the model came to exist, right? So, so we can never forget that. However, I believe GBS organizations can obviously provide more value that goes beyond just low cost. And that value, you know, most simplistically comes by obviously providing effective, efficient services that drive improved outcomes in the processes that we touch. So, for example, we can manage costs and use labor arbitrage, but probably the bigger benefit for the company is how do we actually use our, you know, processes around, say, for example, accounts receivable, accounts payable to improve cash flow through just running better processes, getting rid of duplicate payments you know, being able to collect more invalid deductions. Those are the things that the company really wants from us, right, at at our core. Another example would be uh, that I think people are leaning into is providing great experiences for our employees as they navigate talent management, pay, and benefit processes, which 
by default, the more efficient you can make those experiences or processes for your employees, the more time they have to spend on their value driving core accountabilities versus, you know, just navigating uh, how to do something. Um, so those are all ways that you should, should be building upon cost cutting to provide value to the company. So at Kellogg's, we've, we've kind of set our vision for the organization for GBS to be a strategic partner that in essence serves as the engine of those Kellogg's core enabling functions like finance, like HR, like supply chain. And that that is our role in delivering against the company's deploy for growth strategy. Now, I know many organizations are more mature than us and, and maybe farther on the transformation journey, and some may be leaning into delivering services that are more directly related to revenue growth. That's an opportunity, and I do believe that there's a place for that. Where we're at at Kellogg's, we're not there yet. And some of that's you know driven by our model, the way that we operate it. But I do believe there's a huge amount of opportunity for us to still play in that indirect role in driving growth. Good. I like your focus. It's like, I mean, how you were born, the GBS or so it's like always focus on cost and efficiency first and then build on top opportunistically. Seems like. All right. The next question uh, is core ERP versus modern SaaS platform. So what's your view on the trade-off between SAP and Oracle versus modern niche platforms? Like, and of course, Hydridis is one of them, but there are other companies like Coupa and Blackline and very lots of technologies out there. How do you think about the trade-offs when you think about decisioning? I'm going to cheat and I'm going to use my answer from before and, and say that I believe it's a hybrid approach. <laughs> but, you know, quite frankly, most companies have invested a lot of time, money, and defined ways of working in our core e- ERP systems. And for us at Kellogg's, that's SAP. And I fundamentally believe that we should first look at how we can unlock everything we can from that large investment that we've made. So for Kellogg's, there is a clear opportunity here from a process perspective, and particularly in GBS, we have room to better understand what we refer to as our current ecosystem, uh, which is inclusive of SAP and what we already have surrounding it. So how can we improve upon that? How can we build upon it? You know, we found that there's, you know, just in doing some work on that right now, that there's some aspects of SAP that we've never turned on that can provide benefit to us. So we need to do better in that space. And I, I quite frankly think most companies might say that. We have probably let IT, which does not sit in GBS for us, be sole owners of that. And we all know that a combined IT process business owner understanding goes much farther when driving solutions. So that's kind of the first part of the answer. That being said, there's a lot of exciting stuff happening out there when it has to do with technology and what some of these new software programs can offer, like the ones you mentioned above especially when it comes to visualization tools, automation, and of course, as we had talked about IS or AI. So it just needs to be an and and not an or. So, you know, I I think that's the approach that we're taking. Uh, There are some tools that we've more recently invested in that are are providing that, like Anaplan, like HiRadius, but also uh, finding that some tools that we've had for a while that we're now making better use of as we understand them better, like the SAP success factors component or OnPrompt or even, you know, something that's been around for years like WindShuttle. All right. The last question is closing note, Deanna. Would you like to leave your listeners with some parting advice? Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> three years ago, if you would have uh, told me that I was, you know, today doing a GBS Masterminds podcast, I would have told you that you were probably talking to the wrong person. 
that wasn't me. I wasn't a GBS person. But I have to say that I have quite frankly, thoroughly enjoyed my GBS journey at Kellogg's. And I'm very, very proud of the team, the organization that we've created and the progress that we've made in delivering against that GBS vision I, I referred to about before. And I think some of that is that GBS is in, is an industry, is an exciting place to be. And, and I think coming off of the strange COVID experience that we've all gone through in the last year has opened many organizations' eyes about the role that GBS plays and what they can do in defining the company's future. I'll say it again, to make that happen, I fundamentally believe that change and changing needs to be at the core of, of being in GBS. But that's actually exciting. And I found that I've used professional muscles I didn't even know I had in my first 20 years at Kellogg's. And uh, I've actually done more strategic creative work in the last uh, two years in GBS than I did, you know, probably for eight, nine years as a CFO of a business. So that's been rewarding and it's been fun. So I think just the leading thought is that I believe GBS leaders, GBS organizations, uh, GBS partners have a unique opportunity at this time. Uh, coming off COVID and with most of us kind of sitting on the edge of what we know is digital transformation in our companies to provide some unique perspective, knowledge, and tool sets to help transform our company. So we just need to all step into it. So very exciting times. You bet. So for all those audience out there listening, if you're especially in markets or in finance function, think of a career in GBS. Seems like there's a lot of action. And thank you so much, Deanna, for your perspective. All right. Thank you. That was the GBS Masterminds podcast. For more information, visit gbsmasterminds.com and make sure to search for GBS Masterminds in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And on behalf of the team here at High Radius, thanks for listening. <laughs>